Hi, this is Varun Haran. I'm associate editor with Information Security Media Group in Asia. I have the pleasure today of speaking with Richard Boussier, who is the technical director APAC for Tenable Network Security. Richard has been in the APAC region for the past 15 years, and he's going to be sharing some of his experiences of how he's seen the security landscape in this region evolve and where it currently stands. Richard is going to be speaking to the unique challenges that they have and the unique opportunities that exist in security today. Hi, Richard. Thanks for joining us. Good afternoon. It's a pleasure to have you. Richard, in the Asian landscape today, you've seen the entire region from Japan right up to India. So what does the landscape look like and what are some of the unique challenges that you're seeing? Right. So if I focus on the problem of vulnerability assessment and vulnerability management, I think that there's a very large deviation in terms of how this specific problem space is treated depending on, on specific countries. If I look at a place like Japan, um, I, I'm of the opinion that, that they're pretty uh, far behind in terms of treating the vulnerability management and vulnerability assessment problem as something that needs to be done on a very frequent basis. I think that there's a long way to go there in terms of employing automation to the problem space. I think that countries like, I'd say, Australia and countries like Singapore are fairly advanced in terms of, of, of understanding the problem. And if I single out Singapore specifically, many of the customers that I've been talking to have come to the conclusion that the problem of performing uh, vulnerability analysis and compliance auditing is something that needs to be done on a continuous basis, something that is very, very fundamental, something that's very much a baseline security requirement that they need to effectively employ and effectively solve. So that market is, I think, uh, driven to a large degree by government regulations and also by a deep respect for the security problem. Um, I'd say India has a similar respect for the problem, but the degree to which automation has been employed to allow you to measure the effectiveness of your security on a continuous basis is fairly low here, but it's beginning to evolve over time. In the rest of Asia, I think some countries are not treating this with respect it deserves. And just let me highlight why it's important because effectively eliminating or mitigating vulnerabilities from the network environment fundamentally means that exploits just simply don't work against the targeted machine when that machine is attacked. And if you're diligent about it, you're going to do an awful lot to reduce your overall threat surface. The reason that I'm suggesting that the employment of automation is so important is because when you start to deal with very large infrastructures, it becomes very difficult to prioritize the devices or elements within the infrastructure that need to be fixed or need to be mitigated first. And the deployment of automation helps you to do that much, much more efficiently. So I'm kind of driving down on this because I think it's actually a very important baseline capability that most organizations need to have. But as I said, Asia is an extremely big place and there's different attitudes in, in different countries, right? So Richard, do you think these uh, different variations that you see across the region, are they because of cultural reasons or the you know level of development from a technological point of view? I think my big belief is government regulation has an awful lot to do with it because effectively it makes people accountable. I also think that the laws that are employed in various regions, for example, privacy laws and things like that, have an awful lot to do with it as well because if you violate these norms, it actually is very bad for you. But I also think that there's, to a large degree, a lack of realization of how important it is to ensure that the vulnerabilities that exist within your environment are as, as low as possible. Right, let me just say it a little bit differently, right? 
in order to understand how secure you are, and this goes for any country, you need to have the ability to measure that. And in order to measure it, you need a lot of data. You need the vulnerability data from the endpoints. You need network data. You even need uh, event data to get a comprehensive visualization of whether or not your environment is as hard as it should be, and also whether or not there are any threats that exist within your infrastructure. And that's something that if you have a good sense on, you can first of all understand which areas in your environment expose you to the most risk, and second of all, be able to prioritize which of those risks you need to mitigate first to keep your threat surface at a reasonable minimum. Understanding that, it's probably impossible to get rid of everything in the environment, right? So that's why I'm trying to emphasize the criticality of a problem space, understanding it, and trying to treat it as something you do as a continuous process rather than as a static process. Again, the thing I like to say is or networks and, and environments are organic things, right? And when you start to introduce things like DevOps, the changes that occur within the environment occur at a very, very, very rapid pace, right? And that means that you're never really on top of the risks which you're exposed to unless you're performing a risk analysis function as something that's that's a continuous process. And there's, again, the level of maturity towards treating it as a continuous process is varies greatly between the various countries in APAC. So what you're saying essentially is that the sensitivity to this issue is greatly driven by the regulations and the compliances in the region. Yes, it is very much so. Very much so. I believe that's true. If you were to share some recommendations to the practitioners in this region, what are some of the top things that you feel they might be doing wrong and what are some ways that they can remediate that? We already spoke about this lack of sensitivity towards continuous assessment. Is there anything else you'd like to mention? Well, I think a couple things. One of the things I'd suggest is it needs to be, I think, a lot more focus on the endpoint because in reality, the, the perimeter of your network infrastructure is, is dissolved today. There's a big push towards cloud as people migrate traditional things to either software as a service or platform as a service. This changes your risk profile and you need to be able to adapt to that. You need to understand where these things are. You need to be able to understand, effectively measure the risk that these new techniques such as cloud introduce into your environment. And that may not be completely understood. There needs to be, I think, more synergy, more, more um, understanding, I'd say, more communications between the DevOps people, for example, and the security team. And just as a concrete example of that, I'm sure I'm aware of containers and, and the evolution of that being introduced into modern security environments. Um, I've asked many relatively high-level security people, several customers, what they thought or what their strategy was towards containers, and the question comes back, what's a container? Now, that's really scary because that ends up introducing an awful lot of risk that is unknown to security people and in fact also unknown to the, the individuals that are actually employing or deploying the container. So you need to, I guess the next thing you need to do is you need to be able to understand how your development environment is evolving and make sure that you embrace the changes to the development environment from a security perspective and make sure that there's good lines of communication between the DevOps people and the security people. That's a very important trend as well. Final thing I think that's really important that is neglected very often is the ability to, I'd say, inventory everything. Understand everything that's in the network environment, why it's there, and what risks these various elements might expose you to. So networks, again, are living, breathing things, and devices and protocols and software are constantly introduced into these things every single day. Identifying the things that don't belong there, eliminating them or bringing them into compliance is something that's very, very important to any security organization. So the ability to adapt and understand this is critical. And again, this all gets down to, since an environment 
environment is a living, breathing thing, and living, breathing things change all the time, it means that your security analysis and measuring how effective your security is also needs to be a continuous process. In fact, it's interesting, you know, what you just said, that the emphasis is now shifting towards the endpoint rather than looking at a perimeter-centric way of looking at security. Now, we saw with the last couple of years with the advent of the mobile revolution in the enterprise space, you know, how the attack surface just expanded. And now with IoT coming in, it's set to expand even more exponentially, right? But unlike the mobile devices, which had a significant amount of compute, they're as good as PCs now. IoT devices don't necessarily have the compute necessary to execute or secure themselves fundamentally. So do you see a shift happening in security where, uh, you know, you go back to the old gateway-centric model of security to secure some of these IoT devices? Maybe. Well, let's just focus on IoT devices. I, I think you said that one of the problems is compute power. To be honest with you, I think one of the biggest problems, I'd say, is, is the fragmentation in the IoT set, right? Because you have, you know, have operating systems that are written by companies like, like you know, Microsoft, Apple, blah, blah, blah. But uh, within the IoT space, you don't have that, which means that these companies that are developing these things don't have the skills, time, money, or even desire to take the necessary steps to harden these devices to Absolutely. point that they can be hardened. Um, I think maybe a gateway to kind of isolate these things from the evils of the public internet might be possible, but I think it's frankly, as we migrate to the cloud, I think what you're going to see are cloud-based, basically cloud-based applications monitoring and maintaining IoT devices that are actually directly attached to the internet, right? So I think that hiding these things behind a gateway is something that might be possible, but I think practically it won't happen. My opinion is I think that the industry needs to kind of get together and create kind of an underlying set of standards, almost like underwriters laboratories in the United States that certifies that a particular product meets certain minimum security requirements in order to, to keep its information safe and protect that device. So do you think just like what happened with the mobile space, you had two main operating systems emerge that were developed centrally by you know, a single entity? Do you think a standardized operating system model needs to be adopted for IoT as well? I think that would be nice, but I don't really see that happening because there's just too much fragmentation in the space. These are lots of little small companies that are doing it. The other problem is the fact that these devices kind of have a very long lifetime. So I mean to say that I buy a refrigerator with a computer in it and that refrigerator is expected to be going for 15 years. I think that the manufacturer of the refrigerator will lose the stomach to protect it or to, to update it after maybe three years. There's no commercial incentive to do that. So what you were saying is effectively having some kind of a gateway to protect these devices and isolate them, right? And that might happen on a limited basis for enterprises, but I think the IoT problem, I don't think that's actually a viable solution personally. Okay, so let's speak a little bit more about the IoT problem. You have people becoming more and more aware of that risk, and now people are also talking about the OT side of things and, you know, industrial security and industrial control systems and the security of SCADA systems. What does that particular aspect of the security landscape look like to you right now? Uh, that, to me, is a, an area of, I think, great opportunity. I think that the operators of these networks are becoming aware of the risks to which they're exposed. And actually, let's just comment on that. I think the problem is actually getting worse because a lot of these systems execute or operate in splendid isolation for a very long time. And business requirements are requiring that holes be poked into these systems to provide real-time data from the ICS environment to the business systems of the various organizations that own them. So, for example, if I run a milk packing plant, I might want to know exactly how many balls of milk were sold or packaged in a given day, and that information is readily available from the ICS. So poking these holes into the ICS, I think, actually obviously increases the threat surface to which it's exposed, and that needs to be addressed. I think another thing that 
I'd say most organizations probably need to do, understanding what I just said, is have the ability to monitor the ICS and understand the normal communication patterns within the ICS. Because if all of a sudden there's a dramatic change in the behavior of that system, that's a good indication of a potential breach, right? Because the communication patterns in an ICS environment are going to be relatively stable. They're not going to change very much. And that, that makes sense because once you build a factory, the factory works and it's going to work in a certain way. So if the communication patterns in the industrial control system vary significantly from a standard pattern, that could be an indication of a compromise or breach. Or if a new entity starts to communicate with that ICS, that could be another indication of compromise breach. So it kind of underscores, again, the, the problem that we're talking about. You need to understand what's going on within the environment. You need to be able to measure effectively security. And you need to, for the devices that might poke their way down into the ICS, for business purposes, those devices need to be hardened and monitored. And uh, the risk on those devices, vulnerabilities on those devices, the configuration of those devices needs to be understood and kept to an absolute minimum, right? So it's all about visibility. It's all about having the maximum amount of data into the, uh, into the system so that you can identify any deviations from what is normal. You interact with the community quite a bit. For yourself as a security thought leader, as a practitioner, what is something that gives you the most sleepless nights? What is that one problem in security? Yeah, again, the thing that scares me the most, I hate to keep repeating myself, is the IoT problem. And we had a taste how bad it can be uh, in, in October with the DDoS attacks in the United States, the 1.2 terabit per second DDoS attacks that, that had occurred. That's just the beginning of the problem. And I think the problem is we've been theorizing it for years, and it's finally happened, and it's going to keep happening, and it's going to be a force that has potential to destabilize the internet in the long term. That's what really keeps me awake at night because I think that's actually a, uh, a serious possibility. Okay, and what do you recommend as the solution or what is the right way to move forward to address this issue? Well, I said one thing. Longer term, uh, the industry banding together and forcing minimum security requirements on, on these devices to make sure that they have some measurable minimum security quality, I'd yep. say, is something that needs to be done within the industry. I think that organizations to protect themselves, at least internally, need to understand what device are there and whether or not those devices expose them to significant risk. That's kind of more of an internal function. I'd say that needs to happen. I think even the service providers might have a little bit of responsibility to be able to react to large-scale attacks that are leveraging IoT devices within the environment that are literally connected to the uh, to the internet directly, right? So there's a lot to do. Uh, it's a very difficult problem to solve, but it takes an awful lot of cooperation between a lot of, uh, a lot of different organizations and different companies. But there needs to be at least minimum requirements to basically ensure these devices are somewhat secure. Right, Richard. Thank you so much for sharing your insight with us today. So that was Richard Boussier, who is the Technical Director, APAC for Tenable Network Security. For ISMG in Asia, this is Varun Haran. Thanks for listening.